You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. And we're live. <laughs> what? We're live. This is live. Like we're Murphy Brown? What? This show is live. Yeah, but for no one listening to it, it's not live. For anyone listening to it, it's not live. Well, it's our 40th episode <laughs> and we are live. Oh, this reminds me. Somebody insulted me on Twitter and said I was, quote, a live action GIF. Aren't all GIFs live action? I keep thinking about it. So I'm just saying maybe this is live in some universe. Anyway... A Star is Born came out. Oh, God. I saw it the millisecond it was available due to homosexuality, and it worked out for me. It was pretty great. I think everyone should see this movie. I got to tell you, I don't know now, purely based off of the reaction, if I'm going to see it. Really? Yeah, because what I am what I think is I think people are... I don't think it could possibly be as good as everyone is saying that it is, and I think everyone was very excited for the film to come out, and they're making it sound like the greatest film ever made and everyone's winning Oscars and things like that. And I just, I feel like it's the overexcitement this early that's going to make me feel like it's not, I just don't think it's as good as everyone is saying it is. No, I think you, I'm sympathetic to that because the deal is it's a three-star movie. It is right. not okay. perfect. And it's, 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 it, it's not, it's not A+. Plus. It's and it not also, a perfect. It starts amazing. And then like, like all the versions of this movie in the second act, it's like, you know this this ruddy guy's alcoholism just isn't that interesting. It's like why are we here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're here for like, we're here good. we're here for Lady Gaga. And I that's the thing I appreciate the excitement and I'm not I like Lady Gaga fine. I'm not like a huge Lady Gaga fan and I appreciate the excitement but I feel that I'm like I'm going to go in and be a little disappointed cuz everyone's making it sound like it's No, when people say that, best picture like yeah. th- that's a disease. Don't okay. believe that. <laughs> Those people are rotting. Yeah, the, I mean, those are the people who always think that a movie like that is going to win Best Picture. And then right. they don't see any of the other movies. You know what I mean? It's yeah. their movie for them, so it has to win Best Picture. Mad Max all over again. I'm sick of those people, too. Yeah, what about Boy Erased? Right. They're erasing it. Sure. <laughs> boy <Yes>. Erasure. <laughs> Too much Boy Erasure going on here. Uh, I actually think the movie was very fun. I love the soundtrack Me too. more than... The movie? Mm-hmm. I think so. And uh, also, by the way, Shangela, former Keep It guest, yeah, Shangela, Shangela, kills it, and Willem kills it. Sh- yeah, they're great in it. The opening is like in this drag bar, and it's really fun. And that's also, I feel like, the only time I really enjoyed Bradley Cooper's directing. Right, because it looked amazing, too. It looked amazing. Did he mm-hmm. talk like this Oh the man! And then you have Sam Elliott in yeah. the movie, too, so they're just like doing Ooh. this like growl back and forth thing. Okay, don't spoil it, because this movie's been out for a second, and I'm sure no one's seen it, but... What does what's Dave Chappelle doing up in there? The answer is very little. I figured. Okay. Um, you know what John Legend did in La La Land? <laughs> yeah. Even less. <laughs> <laughs> a soup son of that. Listen, they love a black person to come in and help these white people find romance. <laughs> but by the way, he must have had what seven seconds or seven minutes of screen time. He said the word bro about 150,000 times. <laughs> so many times. Uh, to also, Bradley Cooper? Yes. yes. Also, also, he's just wearing like this white tank top showing off his new muscles because Dave Chappelle's been in the gym. 
Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, whatever. Okay. He got a check. We'll see. We'll see. Do you when remember I... when he like tweeted or something that like a star is like? Oh, it's the only of... project he said. It's like the only movie he's ever been in that he's proud of. And I said, "Excuse me, sir. Have you heard of a little ditty called You've Got Mail?" That is disturbing. Perfect. I mean, please. Bookstore chic. The please. slander. Right. Jumped out. Uh, <laughs> but I think people should see this movie. It's fun. I enjoyed it. By the way, a more concise version of the movie like than the other three versions that exist. I mean, the Barbara Streisand version is abysmal. Oh, my God. It is she, one she of is the worst She is a fabulous movies, actress, and, but it is so long seen. and so ridiculous. And Chris Christopherson is among the worst singer-actors ever. Is this movie, like every movie, I think, made in the last 20 years... Is it? I think every movie made in the last twenty years is ten to twenty minutes too long. Oh, it's definitely twenty minutes yep. too long. Yep, every, every movie. Frankly, I could have shaved some time off of Black Panther. Even sure, I think every movie these days is too damn long. Yep. It's, it's 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 uh, everyone who's seen it has been like, I would cut twenty minutes from like the middle. Not that this is my favorite movie, but after the movie Gravity, I'm just like everything can be ninety minutes long. Sorry, every, every movie you can tell almost every story in an hour and a half. I saw First Man. Oh, and. That movie is like almost three fucking hours long, and it is just about going to space. <laughs> and and about, is, is Claire Foy like, don't go to space? No, wait, do. You're my hero. Yes, wait, that she's... John Glenn movie is three hours long? We know what happens. Yeah. He gets there. Well, what, what's the tension in the plot? I don't know. Okay. Ryan Gosling got a big, nice face. That's it. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Um, and Claire Foy is the wife, and she's just On walking Earth. around the house with the kids. Listening. Who do you like better, Claire Foy in this movie or Kathleen Quinlan in Apollo 13? I mean, Claire Foy has like a really cute haircut. Guys, I'll this stop is this the beginning. <laughs> this is the beginning of this podcast. It is Let's the 40th go. episode. We're live. We're doing it. I don't know. Coming up later, we have the Queen of Bounce herself. We do. Big Frida. From my from my ancestral homeland. My mother and all her people are from Louisiana. Oh, I m- feel this. Mama Louisiana. Mama Louisiana, literally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the state that's my name plus a few letters, I've never been. <laughs> if you add Lewis and then like a couple of vowels and an N. I'm not adding you to anything. <laughs> anyway, we're also going to be talking to Big Frida about America's favorite political canvasser. Our, our favorite Democrat. Yes. Fringe uh, leftist. Taylor Swift. <laughs> it has been a minute since we have talked about Taylor Swift sure on has. this podcast. I thought... She vanished. And yet, here we are. Here she is. Coming up, Melania Trump releases her cover of Toto's Africa. Somebody's first lady uh, was on a solo trip this past week. Amelia Earhart style. She went on her lonesome to... Africa. The whole continent. The whole <laughs> continent. She was She's like, drop me off anywhere. She was running around like she was in Carmen San Diego, just <laughs> dropping that thing on different countries. Oh yeah. Uh but now she went to Egypt, Kenya, Ghana, and Malawi. Okay. Which as you know is a country Madonna invented and then saved. Um she was just basically like on safari. I have no idea why it she looks, was actually It looks there. like she looks like Mrs. Colonel Sanders said, <laughs> yes. "I'm going to take me. I'm going to leave the big house and take me a vacation." <laughs> 
And it truly looked like she learned about Africa from a computer game. (laughs) Like, this is how you act here, right? Like, you have to wear this kind of tie and stand with your hands on your hips and look at the sun. The tie. What the (laughs) fuck was that outfit? The, like, menswear, the suit, and the tie. Like, where do you think you're going? Yeah, so she looked insane in uh, one particular outfit. A lot of people made references to Indiana Jones. Uh, I thought she looked like Brian Fellow from SNL. Yes. Oh, I forgot all about Brian Fellows. Um, this is her safari planet. I don't know why she went on this, like, a Doll's House Part 2 trip. Uh, she fled the White House to get away from her awful husband. And, but, all, her, and all her duties. Yeah, but uh, she was basically just out there. Being best. Right. Taking bestness to she, random commentaries. She also, I didn't see her with a single African person oh, who no. wasn't like driving a car. Yes. I didn't see her talking to any citizens, meeting anyone. It was like watching season two of The Crown. It, yeah. I'm like, what are you What are you there for if not to interact with the people? I didn't. She was just like, on, she literally just went on like vacation. It was allegedly for the United States Agency for International Development. What is? Which is. Allegedly called USAID, but I'm going to call it USAID because I like that name better. (laughs) (laughs) Just developing new ways to wear khaki? It was was founded by Kennedy in 1961. (laughs) Okay. I guess because he wanted to travel to Africa too. (laughs) Uh, Do you think she sang the Wildest Dream song by Taylor Swift to herself as she toured Africa? Like, was that in her head? I want to know. It was like Taylor's video. Yeah, right. That video that she got dragged for for only having uh, white people in it and it looking very (laughs) colonial. But diverse giraffes or whatever was going on in that video. Oh, yeah, some LGBTQIA giraffes. Yes. You know what I did like? Did you see the video of that elephant? That charged her, charged at her, because that elephant was like, "Bitch, get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here?" Even the animals were like, "What the hell is this? I'm doing here?" Um, <laughs> animals exchanging glances. Yeah, you said is supposed to be responsible for administering c- civilian foreign aid and development. She didn't. Who did she talk to? And that was what was her statement? Because you remember after she was dressed like a literal colonizer in that stupid yes. helmet thing. She said. Um, you know what? Uh, we just completed an amazing trip. <laughs> we no. went to Ghana. <laughs> that accent was like both Dublin and like Dracula. Like I, I have no idea. Read it. Read it, normal, please. <laughs> One African country. <laughs> um, she said it's very important what we do, what I'm doing with you said, and what I do with my initiatives. And I wish people would focus on what I do, not what I wear. You didn't do anything. Here, We didn't see her do anything. No. I didn't see her do anything but get charged up by an elephant and look out with some binoculars onto the savannah. I didn't see her talking to anyone. I didn't see her administering shit to anyone. If you don't do anything, what else What else is there to talk about? Nikki Haley did more walking down the hall turning in her pink slip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also, again, I, we've talked about this before. What does she do? She has the one thing where she's not into bullying. That happens to be her husband's only form of productivity. So actually, <laughs> I consider that null and void. So I tried to pay is, attention is to that, what you do. Is the bullying thing different from be best? They well, are well, interrelated. Be is supposed to stop bullying. So it's the same thing. Because by being your by be besting, um, <laughs> you are not bullying. Be best arrow to not bullying. That's okay. that's her whole thing. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's it's like a. I think we line. probably went over that. 
Yeah, we talked. We talked about be best. It's been forty episodes. Kara remembers none of it. I, I really don't. <laughs> it's like memento. <laughs> Roll up your sleeves, Kara. I put tattoos there. I don't remember <laughs> anything. Um, do we think she like purposely wears this dumb shit, or does she just not know? I think she and and everyone around her. I think she in particular is so deeply out of touch with the reality of the world. And I think for almost no second of her life in this country has she not been completely out of touch with the reality of this world. Like as Mrs. Trump, like she wasn't living like humans live. Um, so I think even now, like when you have to be especially cognizant of, of how things are being perceived, I think she just does not have that chip. I think she also doesn't give a shit like, there's no way that you're just rolling around in, like, $10,000 dresses to show up to just, like, random fucking summits and shit if you have any, if you care at all about being seen as, like, relatable, if you care at all about people wanting to just, like, listen to what you have to say instead of what you have on. I think even her most ambitious form of caring or doing something is still so out of touch that <laughs> at her most effective she would literally just be shaking hands with a zebra. I mean, I don't know what else she would be doing over there. It's what like she thought care, she was going to achieve. She's a Care Bear that you squeeze and, like, says certain phrases. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> as helpful as she is. Um, she also weighed in on the Kavanaugh and no, she, Ford business. Really? Well, because people asked her about oh, it, God. obviously. Because and she's always insisting that she's her own person. And they want to know, do you agree with Trump? She said... I would say if we're talking about the Supreme Court and Judge Kavanaugh, I think that he's highly qualified for the Supreme Court. I'm glad that Dr. Ford was heard. I'm glad that Judge Kavanaugh was heard. FBI investigation was done, is completed, and Senate voted. I will move (laughs) on that, and I think that all the victims they need, we need to help all the victims no matter what kind of abuse they had, but I am against any kind of abuse or violence. (laughs) What? That was the longest nothing of all time. <laughs> She's against any kind of abuse or violence. She's glad Dr. Ford and Kavanaugh were heard. I think if she and had now a, we should all move on. I think if she had a gun to her head, she couldn't pick out Kavanaugh or Ford from a lineup. I don't think she has any cognizance of I think she was fed that there's she doesn't she doesn't give a shit. Dr. Ford focus over there. What's <laughs> <laughs> her car? She also, it's still, it's been two years. She's still looking for a reason to be, like living Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. No effing <laughs> idea <laughs> where she's supposed to go, where how to get onto the stage. Um, and she doesn't give a, that's the other thing. She just she like, doesn't. she doesn't give a fuck. She is waiting this out so she can finally divorce yep. her shitty husband. She did not think she was going to have to wait this long to divorce his dumb ass. And now she's just biding her time and like saying whatever the fuck people tell her to say and wearing her clothes and she does not she knows none of this will touch her anyway she doesn't care right she would rather be in africa doing like a vogue nigeria spread <laughs> not walking around in blackface pre- <laughs> yeah, yeah. not walking around pretending to care about um yeah and it's her for having to pretend to care about yeah, all right. this and she's not good at it because she just is so deeply, like she just, it's so clear she doesn't want to be here and, and doesn't want to do this. She can't even act like. She, she can't make shit. the photo op look charitable. Right, yeah. right. Where, she's like, I'm petting the Sphinx now. Where was, where was Baron? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Was, was the Melania double with him? 
That could be. I don't know. Does he? Does he even know I that would, she left? I would actually love to know Baron's day to day, where he's probably just sitting there like my stupid fucking parents. I want his schedule. Wait, yeah, I want to see his schedule. I just want to see like I don't even I don't even know how his days are spent. Um, I can't imagine they're super pleasant. Um, by, by the way, looking at these pictures, are we even sure she went to Africa? It's looking very The Truman Show to me. <laughs> like, the sky is like a ceiling. And... Are you a Melania <laughs> Africa truther? I think I am, okay. yeah. She, I also... she was on a set. She was on Paramount. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I have one. This week, guys, I have a book recommendation for everyone we're talking about because everyone is stupid and nobody knows anything. So my book recommendation, although I know she'll never read it, but perhaps some of you will, there's an excellent book called King Leopold's Ghost, and it's about King Leopold. Belgium? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he pillaged and and raped and destroyed the Congo and terrorized the residents there and murdered Thousands and thousands and thousands of them. And he went on a murdering spree with his gay lover, Loeb. Okay, that's a Leopold and Loeb joke. Okay. Moving the fuck on. No, it was to, they they found that there was rubber. There was like a substance where they make rubber in the trees in the Congo and just started like pillaging the entire country and like cutting off their hands. And it was so brutal and awful. And he was a fucking monster and made so much money off of it. And um, colonialism was terrible. And uh, everyone should just remind themselves of that by reading that book. Wow. I've been reading Wayside School is Falling Down by Louis Sachar. Um, <laughs> good, good. Still a good book. Uh, but that too. Everyone, okay. read, everyone read that book. Starring Louis the Yard Teacher? Oh, I read them too, sweetie. Anyway, coming up, Aziz Ansari is back. No, really. He's right behind you. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Louis? Yes? When you see footprints in the sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams robe. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? <laughs> no? Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. <laughs> Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And I am the coziest a human being can be. Because, by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's, like, pretty mild outside, and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. <laughs> Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. 
In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations. There's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives have always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the Black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. <laughs> Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Master of Nuns, Aziz Ansari, joins a long, long, long list of men who have returned to their careers and platforms after allegations of sexual assault and harassment. If you recall, earlier this year, Babe.net published that really weird, dubious, um, yeah. horribly reported account of a 23-year-old woman's date with the comedian uh, where she claimed that he repeatedly pressured her into having sex despite her persistent refusals. We already discussed on the show how that underreporting really didn't do a lot for the Me Too movement. And there was probably a way for Aziz to appropriately address that and then continue on with his career. I do not think his comeback tour, where he is now criticizing extreme wokeness, was the thing for him to do. Extreme Probably wokeness not. has affected so many members of my family. Ex- and th- they're, they're all <laughs> ill with wokeness. And it's very sad. And I, Ex- this is some bullshit. Extreme wokeness was what he built his fucking career exactly, on. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's such, I mean, and that is the thing. And, and we've talked about Aziz, but like, I think at the very least, this is a person who should who probably should have taken some time to reevaluate the way that he interacts with women. And we you know, and not no one is comparing him to Harvey Weinstein. No one is comparing him to all these monsters. But certainly he probably has a the the Aziz situation is probably um, the most helpful, honestly, because there's probably a lot of men who behave like that. Right. And who would would do well to sort of take a minute and think, maybe I have made these women uncomfortable. Maybe this isn't helping things. And no, I haven't necessarily raped someone or assaulted someone, but I've I've I haven't contributed to making women feel more comfortable and safe. And so he actually had an opportunity to like have a really good conversation, I think, because I think we all knew he was going to come back. I mean, if if like goddamn Charlie Rose is out here and Matt Lauer plotting their returns like Aziz was going to be fine. So it is just sort of like lame that he didn't, you know, come with something a little bit more interesting and nuanced and just like that actually I think would have would have helped him if we all could have had the conversation with him um, about everything that went down. And also specifically, he's not having a conversation, at least according to this this report, about 
anything in the babe.net situation. He's sort of trying to start this other conversation. And inevitably, it just sounds pressed, right? It sounds like, you know, he feels like he got the wrong end of the stick on the, in this online discourse, and now he has to react to it. Um, here's the thing. I mean, I obviously haven't seen the tour yet. Talking about, uh, you know, problems on people, uh, the people on Twitter being wrong or, you know, people performing wokeness, whatever... This is not an effective conversation to me unless you bring up specific examples. You cannot just like shout out and say like everybody who's like being, I don't know, per- performatively, li- performatively liberal on Twitter is in some way wrong or in some way harming people. It's just like that is just a conservative talking point. Sorry, like you, you are not you are not helping things by, you know, uh, uh, framing a conversation this way. Right. The dumbest thing he says in his set which is um his new show is called working out new material and i don't think it's working out uh because (laughs) he says that at least with the trump people i kind of know where they stand uh but he said on the other side are zealous performative leftists who are competing with one another in progressive candy crush by the way if if you think the left is performing you should meet the right they are gaining followers and, and uh, zealots left. Zealots is what you're worried about. They literally have a state television network. Yes. That's so bizarre. It's just. I, Timony uh, Cricket. Um, <laughs> Laren is, you know, out here performing every day. But I think w- the way that he's talking about these things, what you're really seeing is that he he doesn't care about wokeness or how the performative nature of Twitter or any of that is actually making us worse. He cares about how it affected him. Yes, he because, cares about woke because people it, coming yes, from him Because on that is sort of what happened to him, and I get that, and, obvious, and he can talk about things that are relating to him, but it rings really hollow as something that he like genuinely wants to have a conversation about and thinks is important and that we should change, because really, you're just mad about what happened to you, and this is you getting it out on stage. Right, because his entire... Uh, his his show, his stand up before his his book that he wrote about modern dating was all about understanding that women have to deal with creepy men. He has an episode where you know a woman on tell, Master of None, on Master of None, where um, a woman tells him about you know like walking home at night and mm-hmm. feeling uncomfortable and like a man's behind her. You know he was always positioning himself as a hyper person, woke, hyper woke. <laughs> And you know, like he was, he was the VR trooper of woke. <laughs> Whoa, um, Caitlyn Starr, JB Reese, JD Reese. But now his position is: Why is everyone weighing in on this shit? Everyone weighs in on everything. They don't know anything. People don't want to just say, "I don't know." And that's again. Please bring up specific examples. Don't just malign everybody who's on the left. Like this is very bizarre. Also, to me. it's clear that you were weighing in when you didn't know, bitch. Right, right, right. So. Also, again, what's tea? There's a world like if you look at a show like Portlandia, that is something that is lampooning liberalness and affect in a way that I think is like productive because it's funny and it gives a face to it. And it's just you can tell the place it's coming from is not pressed. Meanwhile, this entire thing just rings of. But what about me? Yeah. I, I And for me, like, I am not a stand-up comedy fan. And I think there's something about, and I think the fact that, like, you have Louis C.K. and you have Aziz and you have a bunch of these sort of comedy people for whom this has happened to you, like, it's sort of 
with stand-up comedy, like, they're kind of masquerading, like, they're trying to say something kind of grand. And it's like, no, you're trying to tell jokes. You're not, you're not an activist. You're not, you know, trying to have a conversation with the audience. You're just trying to make people laugh. And so, and it's not to say that they can't talk about things that are important, but I don't know that stand-up comedy is the most productive route to have conversations around Me Too and Time's Up and 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 the myriad of ways that women that men have let women down. It just doesn't seem like certainly at least these people are equipped to have that conversation. Well, no, also, just sit down and let Nanette give another TED oh, talk. I was, yeah. gonna, I, I was gonna say, the problem with Nanette, though, is then people who care about comedy are like, well, then that's not stand-up. It's so not funny, yes, yeah, exactly. You know, so. you know what, I also just realized the other day that um, Nanette was in Please like me. Oh yeah, no, that's what yeah. I knew her from. Yeah. I, I was like, I knew that's not I, her name. I had seen her before. Her name isn't Hannah Gatsby. I know it's <laughs> Hannah Gatsby, but why'd you call your show Nanette? I'm gonna call her Nanette. <laughs> also, Nanette's a fun name, and I miss it. Sorry. Yes, yes Nanette. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, speaking of how conducive comedy is, you know, for having this Me Too conversation, Jimmy Kimmel had a lot to say in The Hollywood Reporter mm-hmm. when he was asked about. Louis C.K. just showing up at comedy clubs like the man in the iron mask <laughs> looking for revenge on the women in the audience. Um, he said, if we get into the business of sanitizing every comedian and doing a thorough background check before they walk through the door, it's going to be a very empty stage. Which is horrifying. <laughs> but do you understand what you're saying? <laughs> Here's the thing. That is such hide a weird kids, statement. Hide your wife. <laughs> they're raping everybody here. That, that kind of statement almost sounds like he thinks he's talking about like, I, I, I can't justify it at all. It's so weird. What do you mean? Of course do, they should be vetted. A, they're not going to do a credit check. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I just don't know what he meant there. Okay, moving on. He said, um, I think people tend to focus on the one or two people who walk out of a situation like that. And ultimately, the audience decides whether someone is welcomed back, which is untrue because the audience did not <laughs> vote on the American Idol hotline for Louis C.K. to come back. He has been doing unannounced appearances. Also, again, to me in that statement, it sounds like he's talking about people who say offensive things on stage as opposed to people uh, uh, who, affected by Me Too or something. I can't kind of make much tales of it. Who succulents? Yeah, right, right. So he also, it's strange. He said, he said comedy was democratic. The oh, I, no, are, that's the worst part. Just, the people who yeah. are great rise to the top. The oh. people who are good rise to the middle. And the people who aren't good don't make it. But who, who books people? Right. Usually straight white men and they usually book straight white men that they find money. I, I would say by that best. logic he thinks one black woman has ever been great because Wanda Sykes is the only superstar black woman stand up. That's the thing like also the suggestion frankly that any part of America is truly democratic the entire fucking society isn't. The notion that the the best people fucking Donald Trump is president and you're trying to say that the best people rise to the top whether it's comedy or otherwise it's just so tone deaf and dumb and because it's dumb you know a way to be not dumb Jimmy Kimmel is to read books. And I got two suggestions for you. Book queen. We're going real elementary for you. And the first is Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. Just to like walk around in the shoes of someone who does not feel seen by this country. And the second is, this is sort of, this is also just a great book that everyone should read. 
It's called The Short and Tragic Life of Robert Peace by Jeff Hobbs. And it's about this kid. It's this black kid from Newark who was really, really smart and worked really hard and ended up going to Yale. Um, and as you can tell by the title, ultimately he he died very young. But it really is representative of the idea that just because you're good at what you do, just because you're really smart, the circumstances of your life have a huge impact on how far you go and what your life looks like. And just being good at something um, in America, in particular when you are not a straight white dude, uh, really is not enough. Also, I mean, the denial on Jimmy Kimmel's part that a huge part of comedy is white guys and their white friends banding together to pick somebody who would also be one of their friends, right. who feels like an exalted version of their friends. Yeah. And that, how rare is it going to be that it's going to be a woman, a, 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 a black woman or whatever, a, a, a LGBT person? People want to like these other people because uh, white guys feel represented by them, yep. you know? The lack of logic jumped out. Yes. <laughs> you know what? If you want to, you know, work on your logic and problem-solving abilities, you know, Sideways Arithmetic from Wayside School is a great book <laughs> for you, you to read. I forgot about that you. book. That, that, that was, like, not exactly canon, right? It came out alongside it. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, it just has arithmetic problems for people to solve. There's yeah. also more Sideways Arithmetic. Oh, really? Yeah. Is Louis Sakar still with us? He wrote Holes, right? He did write Holes. Yeah. Uh, I, he is still alive. Okay, Read good. Holes too, guys. Yeah. Really just up your literacy for yeah. the love of God. Start with these Newberry winners and work your yep, way up to Kara's recommendations. Yep, yep. <laughs> when we're back, Big Frida and Taylor Swift goes to Washington. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. I'm Oren Siegel, and I've been fighting extremism, anti-Semitism, and hate for more than 20 years. You should subscribe to our podcast, Extremely, to get a unique perspective on the daily work and the people who have dedicated their lives to exposing, fighting, and disrupting extremism, anti-Semitism, and all forms of hate. We bring you the stories of people and communities not only impacted by hate, but who offer new perspectives and ways to push back. You can find Extremely wherever you listen to podcasts. back the queen of bounce herself Big Boy is here hi everybody hi how are you doing we are great i am as well yeah uh you look great thank, thank you, you for coming to our studio thanks for having me in the morning i know it is early it's 4 30 a.m basically <laughs> um we're here to talk about some politics let's do it you know taylor swift is a democrat now yeah, <laughs> she, uh, 
uh, went to social media and announced that, you know, she supports the LGBTQ community and she wants people to vote out Marshall Blackburn in Tennessee. Uh, and she encouraged her fans to register to vote before the deadline. She also said, what was her whole thing about? She said, like, I now understand people of color have been whatever, and I understand. Like, she listed... Oh, she said yeah. racism is prevalent and yeah. systemic. Racism yeah. we still see in this country towards people of color is terrifying, sickening, and prevalent. Uh, she believes for the fight in LGBTQ rights and that any form of discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender is wrong. For a lot of us, we may never find a candidate or a party with whom we agree 100%, but she wants people to turn out and vote. She does. Yeah. Well, thank you, Taylor Swift, for stepping <laughs> up. I know, right? Um, I'm, I, I think there was a massive you know, increase in, in voter registration, too, when she put out the, the statement. There was. It was like 60,000 people registered on, I think, like Vote.com after. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I mean, we got to get out there and vote in order for our voices to be heard. You know, this is the way that you get out and you vote and and make a difference. So it's very important that everybody do register to vote. Time is crucial. How do you feel, you know, as a non-white person, um, I feel like you've probably you've had to be political your yeah. entire life. Yeah, you mo know? most definitely. I mean, I had to fight, you know, for different things that I believed in and war for the best for me and my people. And, um, yeah, so this is nothing new to me fighting and, you know, against racism and poverty in my neighborhood and and drugs and murders. Like, the whole nine yards it, growing up in New Orleans was really rough. And now I'm being able to have a little platform to speak on and to kind of encourage people to do the right thing, which is get out and vote because your voice make a difference. I think the reaction to this, we like already could have predicted would have been if you had told us that this was going to happen, which is that you had a whole bunch of people, Taylor Swift fans, who were just like, she's always been a Democrat and she was trying to subliminally tell us that she was voting for Hillary Clinton. And the fact is, she wasn't. And she really has not been political, certainly not in a helpful way. And I think that it's this whole thing of like, you know, a white woman does something good and everyone's applauding her. And yes, she did do something good. It's great that she spoke up. It's great that she used her voice and that maybe she has influenced this election in a positive way. But it's also like, bitch, where were you two years ago? Because yeah. if you were there two years ago, no one, you wouldn't have to be fucking like last ditch efforting uh, candidates, uh, you know, and, and making sure that just like we don't go completely under. And two so, days before the deadline. Two days before the deadline, too. That's the other thing. It's yeah, like you could have been stepped up. She could have yeah. been stepping up. Because if there was this much reaction, Right. How much reaction? Imagine, if, imagine if it had been a month of her out campaigning to get young people registering to vote. Imagine how many more people. A lot more than sixty thousand. I bet. You. Also, oh, yeah. again, like the delay. It took. It just again. Adele had no problem with it. And Adele's music is, I think you can only play it in minivans. I don't think you can buy a Kia Sedona without Adele's 25 in it. So I'm just saying, like, I'm still baffled by what took her so long. That, and it's, Adele's of course, career is fine. Yes, I, I notice Adele is still a superstar. I notice. Um, and if, if we were back in the, like, the TRL era, I feel like every musician was always rocking the vote. Totally. You know? So it, it was just very weird for her to sort of take her time on this. And I'm I'm very happy to applaud her because I'm happy that people are registered to vote. But 
you know, it's a little bit like the Pope says, I love gay people. You know, I'm not going to go watch well, yeah. Noah's Ark with you. Uh, <laughs> it's also this you. thing of I don't think that and I think that's what you're seeing with a lot of mostly white people now where they did not feel the urgency two years ago. They didn't feel like the world was about to fucking end, which is how I felt when Donald Trump was elected. And they weren't terrified and they weren't worried about what he was going to do. And now that they've seen what he's been doing and now they're scared. Yeah. And now that's how they're and now they're reacting. Um, but it is this thing where you're like, oh, she wasn't necessarily she, she certainly wasn't moved to say anything before. And it makes me feel like she didn't think it was going to be as serious as other people felt that it was going to be. She wasn't transgender and was realizing that like all of her fucking rights were going to be taken away. She wasn't an immigrant and realizing that, holy shit, this president hates me. She wasn't a black male who's like, wow, are they going to keep making it really easy to gun us down in the street? And it's just sort of it's you know, it for me, it's a little sad that. You have to, like, see things get really bad for that, like, empathy chip to kick in. You sort of hope that it's just functioning properly um, by living as a human in the world and interacting with others. Um, but you especially know. since she is like one of what like a small handful of people not to say anything at that level yes. to be that famous so it just it continues to be baffling uh, so I guess in conclusion about her it was incredibly late but a strangely interesting time to be late because it really did like galvanize a certain uh, group of people who probably wouldn't have cared otherwise frankly yeah um, do you ever wrestle with speaking out about things like in your career you know you had such a great opportunity working with Drake on the song you know but you also mentioned you know that you were sort of the push behind you know getting yourself out there in the video and everything well I was um, you know um, I don't think I have a problem now being vocal because I have a platform to speak on and I mean, people want to know the story, so it's pretty easy for me to speak out on any and everything that I want to touch bases on now. Um, When I was a little bit younger, I was a little bit more scared because, you know, being black and gay in the the industry is not easy, um, per se, because um, back then when I was younger, it was just like... You know, I had to fight my way through to to knock knock doors down and, and get shit done. Um, and right now, where I'm at in my life is just it's still the same way. I'm still, you know, breaking barriers and knocking shit down and pushing through doors and letting them know I'm here, and I'm a voice and I'm I'm gonna make a difference. And that's what I do. Um, so right now, it's it's pretty cool to be able to have, <laughs> you know, you know, this platform to speak out on. I would say you've worked with just an amazing roster of people, just period. Who's the most inspirational person you've ever worked with? Um, being RuPaul number one. Hell yes. Um, Ru is just unbelievable, amazing. And um, Beyonce, just how it worked. Who? At Be- <laughs> Beyonce. Oh, yes. She's yes. Beyonce. Oh, Beyonce. yes, Beyonce. 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 Yes. I've, I've heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> well, her work ethic is just phenomenal she's so sweet and so humble and just to have that opportunity to work with her was just you know mind-blowing like I died at home and came back to life (laughs) Mm -hmm. because like even formation you know like it's such a great song but also the video it says something politically yeah yeah I also really love like so my mom and all of her people are from Louisiana okay Um, and so it's yeah and so it's like seeing that kind of like southern culture that like 
I've known always, like when I go to Louisiana and go visit my family and like the food and the music and all of that, like it's it's really unique and yeah, specific. It is. And like seeing you and like seeing Beyonce like actually kind of letting the world see that culture a little bit more is is really amazing. I assume that's something that's important for you. It, it is. It is. It helped open doors, you know, in every direction and it hit on all of the stuff that happened you know, during Katrina and after Katrina. And it, it just had a strong message, especially for New Orleans, because we, was, was we were able to connect with it so strongly. Some of us went through it, you know, majority of us went through it. I was stuck at home for Katrina, and it was not a pretty sight, you know, sleeping on bridges and at convention centers and have to be rescued by boat and, and buses and planes. It was It was just something really... Um, life-changing for me. I feel like I'm thinking about the rest of America still doesn't understand how specific and, like, its own amazing universe New Orleans is. Like, I still feel like that's not... They don't get that it's, like, its own, you know, like, musical rad place. Yeah, I mean, there's no other place in the world like it. Every place has something special. And New Orleans, um, you know, being home for me, is just a very special place. Music, food, people, the culture. I it, went for the first time this year. Did you enjoy it? It was great. Yeah. It was fantastic. I want to go back. You know what yeah. I remember growing up, like, if they would ever do, like, a soul food thing, like, in college or whatever, and they're making, like, fried chicken and greens and stuff uh, yeah. like that. And I was like, my mother has never fried me chicken in her life. My mother was making me crawfish etouffee and gumbo and, like, we were in Boudin. Like, it was, it's just such a, like, sort of vision of blackness yeah. that um, that we don't often, you know, get to, and, like, celebrate the diversity of people's black experiences, too. Oh, most definitely. You have your TV show. on. It's on Fuse. It yes. was, um, yes. Big Freedom bounces back. Uh, how was that, um, just having, like, a reality show introducing bounce music sort of to America. I mean, when when the Drake and sort of like when Formation came out, people still were sort of like discovering the genre. Yeah. I feel like the rest of America. Yeah, I mean, and people still discover it every day, you know. Some people just don't be in that world. Um but having the the TV show was another platform to be able to let the world into my world and I was very happy to be able to have that show it it did something for me and for my career and for the culture of new orleans and bounce music it put bounce music on the map like no other i already had been working 10 years prior to that you know traveling all over the world and shaking my ass and making people know (laughs) about the culture so the tv show was that platform for you know people of all different ages being able to see it and the kids loved it. It connected with so many people, you know, on a day-to-day note. You know, because we, as artists, you know, some people look at us a certain way, but we go through everyday shit just like anybody else. We share the same blood. We eat, you know, the same food. We do the same things. You know, people be shocked when they see me, like, go to my corner store. They're like, <laughs> I come to the store with somebody famous. I'm like, baby, I got to get things, too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> shit. So, um... I, I was very grateful for to have six seasons of Big Frida, um, Queen of Bounce, and it helped not only me, but it helped all the people around me, my team, my family, my whole staffing, to be able to explore something new and experience different things. And, you know, we were able to travel and 
it was just a, a, a great experience. And it, it helped prepare me also for um, just a bigger picture of looking at, at things and being able to handle things. Because when I would record, um, you know, for the TV show, it would get me prepped, you know. And I, every year I got better and better. Mm-hmm. And be, also, you know, becoming a, a producer and to want to tell my story the way that I want to tell my story and not the way the, that people want to tell my story. So um, I was able to see a lot. It, it really opened my mind up to be able to do something different and even, like, help me to create new ideas and new TV shows that I'm working on. What's next for you? Um, new music always. I mean, that's number one. The music keeps, you know, the Frida <laughs> shit going. <laughs> and um, looking back into stepping back into the TV world and um, just continuing to grow and to continuing to knock down barriers and open doors for, you know, the LGBTQ artists who's out there and think that they're weird or different or, you know, they can be accepted. I'm a little black queen from New Orleans and Josephine, and if I can do <laughs> it, anybody can. Are there any other sort of um, LGBTQ artists who you, th- you know that, like, we should know? I mean, you, you know most of them. Yeah. Uh, what, Christopher Milan, mm-hmm. um, James Rice Chanel, um... All of the whole RuPaul entourage, there's, <laughs> there's many, many great artists uh, on the roster. And um, like Ru say, we've let out 21 wildest of the drag queens <laughs> yeah. into the world. So there's so many great artists out there. And, you know, it's time for us to really stop being in the background and be more into the limelight. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having for me. joining us um, when we're back. Keep it. You know what it's time for. I do. It's time for keep it. Mm-hmm. You look pressed, Kara. Ugh. What is your keep it? I'm not, I'm not even that pressed about this. My keep it is to Lady Gaga's way too early award season campaign. It's like still summer. It is barely fall. The Oscars aren't until January? February. February. Jesus Christ. And she is already everywhere. And I get it. The movie just came out. A Star is Born just came out. She's got to promote it. But she's already doing the, like, award season kind of thing. And she's told that damn anecdote or that, I don't even know what to call it, but the thing about if 99 people are in a room, you just need one to believe in you. And Bradley Cooper was the one who believed in me. I have seen her say that, and I'm not even kidding. I'm going to say 12 times. Well, you know, I used to be ugly in high school. (laughs) And... um, (laughs) People didn't believe in me, and I was just downtown um, singing my songs. And you know, um, Akon <laughs> found me, and Colby Ladatus. And uh, I'm actually I sad to say that's to my dance. favorite that voice you do. Was good. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. No, but she also that's the other thing. I'm like, you are an incredibly talented, beautiful woman. It wasn't like a fucking shocker that you did well in a movie, and that someone gave you this role. Like you're a beautiful, talented white lady. Right. Yeah, like that that often works out for your kind. Also, um, I just want to say that as a member of the gay community, I am already tired of being thanked by Lady Gaga. The amount of times it it was all I up mean, to, get ready cuz it's know. only it's 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 October. We've got so much of this. I still She's, have all those edible arrangements she sent after born this way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
We just have to yell "You're welcome" back at TVs thirty thousand times. I, I'm, but I'm also worried because since she started so early, I'm worried how she's going to maintain this. I'm like, she's gonna, she'll, she'll probably end up here on Keep It. She's gonna, she's gonna be everywhere. I don't, I, I don't not see that. Yeah. Honestly. Well, surprise, Lady <laughs> Gaga. <laughs> she descends in an, with an umbrella. <laughs> I've been here the whole time, guys. Oh, okay. so I, I, I love, I love, keep it. Can you, can you, can you, can you roll it back a little for me, please, Stephanie? Can you tone it down for the next four months, Stephanie? By the way, I'm worried about her in this alleged funny girl revival on Broadway because now we're in the space where she's like she should take over all Barbara Streisand's old properties. But here's the thing: Funny Girl is about somebody who is funny in a hammy way, and she is this deadpan chick. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to translate. I'm really worried about it. Well, well, get ready for that award season campaign, which will start two weeks after this one ends. That's right. Uh, I also, but also Rosie O'Donnell's the one who said it's happening. Oh, yeah. And it, it was at some Randy Rainbow event. Kevin O'Keefe from Into tweeted, um, guys, she's not going to be in Funny Girl. And Rosie O'Donnell responded to him with, are you her agent? <laughs> okay, that's kind of funny. And then she tweeted, Always said that rumor has it and more to come. Oh, while throwing it out there? Well, that like, was she's literally teasing this so that Lady Gaga will agree to do it. Also, I feel like. Randy I, Rainbow event, is he like our David Geffen now? I didn't realize he had progressed that much. I love, he's a doll. Anyway. I lost interest in my own Keep It about two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that she should be doing Funny Girl on Broadway. I think that, you know, she should lean into her Italianness and do like a view from the bridge. Precisely. Yeah. Wow, what a sophisticated choice, Ira. You may stay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What's your keep it? Okay, my keep it is not to this song in general, which I do think is a bop. There's a song 1999 out by Charlie XCX and Troy Savan, which is like a three minute pop song. You'll listen to it 50 times in the car, whatever. It's about nostalgia for 1999. I looked up the ages of these two people. Charlie XCX was born in 1992, and Troy Sivan is born in 1995. You do not remember 1999. <laughs> you were not there with me, fighting with stands, saying that 702 was more important than Destiny's Child. That was the life I lived. Or oh, that what a wrong life you you were living there, I, my I, man. We all thought strange things. <laughs> were, you just, were you just sadly in your backyard calling for where your girls are at? That's right, doing all the choreography that they say in the song. No, in 1999, here was the life I lived. You had that damn TRL war between Backstreet Boys and Limp Bizkit, and they were fighting for one and two all week, and then you were a little gay kid in the suburbs of Illinois being like, maybe if I text hard enough, Madonna's beautiful stranger will come in at number 10. That was the life I lived. I'm not nostalgic for that because it was a war I waged every single day. Also, there's already a song called with 1999 in the title. And yeah, there's there's a young artist by the name of Prince and maybe just stay away from anything that's even in that universe. We don't need another right. 1999 yeah, song. Yeah, we got we one. Charlie XCX in the song is also like, I just want to go back. Nike Airs, all that. Drive around listening to Shady. Like, first of all, do you even have your driver's license now? <laughs> Driving around in a car seat? <laughs> also, listening to Shady. Eminem. Nobody, did anyone You're call him just Eminem shady? on a Troy Sivan song? And also, by the way, Eminem is still here. Didn't Troy Sivan just release an album the same week? Eminem beat him and got number one oh, by saying faggot a bunch of times. Right. And now you're going to reference. He's like this little um, Twinkie person who looks like Scarlett Johansson. I don't know what that is. Well, he hasn't charted, so oh. most of America doesn't. <laughs> okay. So anyway. The gays do. 
Good for you. If you're going to be nostalgic about 1999, do he it in a qualitative way. He has a song with Ariana Grande called Dance to This. It's very good. Okay. Good Best thing her. about 1999, being John Malkovich, and that's where my keep it ends. Mm. Okay. Well, mine is The Faculty. Did that come out? No, 98. Uh, it's around the same time. Yeah. John Stewart's in that. I know. Everyone's in that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my keep it this week is it's about Hocus Pocus again. You know what? It always finds a way. Last week, Lewis and I said that we do not like Hocus Pocus, and it turns out we were correct. I don't know about that. Because Bette Midler is out here wilding (laughs) on Twitter. Uh, She tweeted, women are the N-word of the world. And and wrote N-word. She wrote N-word. Which is always really sophisticated looking, (laughs) yes. Raped beaten, enslaved, married off, worked like dumb animals, denied education and inheritance, enduring the pain and danger of childbirth and life in silence for thousands of years. They are the most disrespected creatures on earth. (laughs) This was, of course, a reference to a Yoko Ono (laughs) and John Lennon song, Women Are the Nigger of the World. I cannot believe that. I always forget that they released that fucking song. And I'm like, the 70s were wild. But then what was her, my favorite part were, was her apology. Yes. When every, all of these black women Girl. tweeted. I'm like, well, then what the fuck am I? Yes. If that's, if that's what we're playing here. Didn't but, she say something like, well, it still holds true. Yeah, well, no. Well, so her apology. Said, I gather I have offended many by my last tweet. Women are the dot, 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 et cetera. <laughs> is a quote from Yoko Ono from 1972, which I never forgot. It rang true then, and it rings true today, whether you like it or not. This is not about race. This is about the status of women, their history. And then when that wasn't good enough. The two brief allegations (laughs) against Kavanaugh infuriated me. Angrily, I tweeted without thinking my choice of words would be enraging to black women who doubly suffer, both by being women and by being black. I am an ally and stand with you. Always have. And I apologize. Let me tell you something, Beth. <laughs> I don't suffer because I'm a black woman. I suffer because of white people and men. That's why we're like, she made it sound like being black was a disease that you suffer from as opposed to it's like, the grudge. The, we suffer from white supremacy. <laughs> That's the issue here. Also, I, it just takes two seconds to think about What's something that was probably received a certain way in in the 1970s, still bad, definitely unacceptable to repeat now. It's just, you could have said any other line in that thing that would have, in that Yoko Ono uh, poem song, that would have been more relevant or at least not as stupidly, ridiculously dated. Also, I've been dragged before for saying that Bette Midler is occasionally wrong. Like one time she made a joke about like Trump and it was like no, she... gay and Putin-y. And it's just like, that's also bad. And we, we're supposed to give her a pass because she has this amazing LGBT track record, actually. She's trash on the internet. I'm just going to say that. And she I doesn't mean, write I all remember... of her tweets a lot of the time either. This one she definitely wrote. Listen, I know. I remember when she slut-shaped Kim Kardashian when she did her naked photo. It was like... Kim's going to shove a camera down her throat and finally show us what she hasn't showed us. Uh, she had an album, Live at Last, where like she was like butt naked on the cover. Yep. So <laughs> you did the same thing that Kim was doing, Sex Sells. I remember when um, 
she was talking uh, when she made transphobic jokes against Caitlyn Jenner. She said that um, Caitlyn Jenner's uh, show was canceled. I am Kate, so is she going to go back to being Bruce oh, now? Lord. Um, oh, Lord. That's the take I wanted. And then I, you remember when, I'm not going to relitigate 2016, but you remember when Bernie Sanders made that gaffe and he was talking about the ghetto. Mm-hmm. Um, Bet hopped on Twitter and was like, well, Malcolm X and Buster Rhymes oh, no. used to mention the ghetto. Oh, no. Why can't we? Oh, no. I don't remember of, that. <laughs> I've been tired of this bitch online for a minute. And it's just like certain people should not be on social media. Yeah. Like, I don't need to know that sometimes Bette Midler, like jo- Joyce Carol Oates, can be an asshole. Bet. I have something for you because, again, nobody reads books, which is why I think everyone sounds so stupid these days. I have two book recommendations for you and any anyone else who would like to not sound dumb all the time. Um, one is Race, Women, Race, and Class by Angela Davis. Um, a little, little history lesson for you there on how helpful white women have been to black women throughout this whole, you know, getting equality shit. Spoiler, not that helpful. Now, what would Angela Davis know about any of what those three topics? What would she know about any of that? <laughs> and then also a newer book, and it's called Masters of Massive Resistance, White Women and the Politics of White Supremacy. Um, it's, a, it's, a real, it's a real dense read, um, but I would recommend it. And it really goes into the role that white women have played in propping up white supremacy, as we saw with Buck and Brett Kavanaugh, because they still benefit um, from the patriarchy, or at least they believe that they do, um, because they are white women and, and probably protected by white men. Um, so, Bet, curl up, get next to a fire. It's fall. Yes, I mentioned it again. Get yourself some cider, and please, God, read a book. And, you know, if, if those words are just too big for you, Wayside Story Gets a Little Stranger is the third book of the Wayside School series. Um, And I enjoyed that book, too. Mrs. Jules, you don't know what she's up to this time. (laughs) That's our 40th episode. 40 weeks of this, guys. My God. I'm only about 50 years older than when we started. (laughs) I can't wait till our 50th episode spectacular. Who are we going to have on the show? Oh, God. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. (laughs) Um, And we should have... John and Tommy. Ooh. Oh, sure. Both Johns. Both Johns. The the battle of the Johns. Yeah. We can just like make the PSA boys fight against each other. Like Night of a Thousand yeah. Stars, except it's just our own coworkers. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, or we switch place with Pod Save America and they have to do keep it and we have to do Pod Save America. <laughs> oh my God. And spoiler, we don't save America. I'm gonna say and then America is canceled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, bonjour. Um Brett Kavanaugh was confirmed this week. <laughs> I don't think Pod Save America listeners uh, want to hear from Catherine Deneuve, but what they should do is go to votesaveamerica.com. Yes. Crooked Media's Vote Save America website is now live. Vote Save America is a step-by-step guide to make sure everyone votes in the 2018 midterms. Everyone, you have to vote. Please, please. This is not a joke. Everyone, please, God, please vote. It's not funny anymore. And while it is not funny, if you prefer to think of things like this as a game, it's like a Final Jeopardy that everybody could do. You go into the booth, they give you the little pen thing, and then it's like the Final Jeopardy question is, please save us. And then you just have to punch in the buttons that save us. Yeah, the correct ones. And if you don't, we all die. (laughs) I mean, we're all going to be dead from climate change, but we should prevent us, you know, from dying now. 
right. so we can save see. it till 2040, like the scientists yeah. said. So, and yeah. <laughs> so we can we can see, you know, all that snow and the and the and the elephants and the whatever. <laughs> and as we get closer to the election, we'll be rolling out more tools to let you know what the big issues are in your state, who's on your ballot, where to vote, and how to make sure everyone else you know, and I mean everyone you know, everyone votes also. Yeah. Otherwise, Thanksgiving is going to be really awful this year. Mm-hmm. Think of the dumbest people in your life that you can manipulate into doing whatever you want. This is your chance. Yeah. They are malleable. Know that. Ladies, Get them to vote. Ladies, gay Instagram thoughts, manipulate a man in your life into voting. Right. You is this also, what Cookie does in Empire? I feel like be her or whatever. I don't know. I'm trying to use the verbiage that would get people to go and be manipulative. You can also join Voice, Vote Save America's <laughs> Facebook group and follow Vote Save Amer- the Vote Save America hashtag to see all of the great work people are already doing. They're canvassing. They are campaigning. They are having uncomfortable conversations with people in their lives to tell them we cannot do this shit again. We cannot do two more years of this bullshit and getting them to vote. B O T. Go to Vote Save America right now. You can pledge to vote and get involved with the campaign going on in your community. And then go vote. Vote! That's our show. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I'm Oren Siegel, and I've been fighting extremism, anti-Semitism, and hate for more than 20 years. You should subscribe to our podcast, Extremely, to get a unique perspective on the daily work and the people who have dedicated their lives to exposing, fighting, and disrupting extremism, anti-Semitism, and all forms of hate. We bring you the stories of people and communities not only impacted by hate, but who offer new perspectives and ways to push back. You can find Extremely wherever you listen to podcasts.